You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. All right. Welcome to Refrigerated Diaries. Hashtag what's your ID? Keeping the people engaged with the food. Share your stories, videos, music, topics. Let people know what's on in your diary. Hashtag Refrigerated Diaries. So we have a very special guest here tonight with us. Um, and you may only get this if you, if you know what I'm talking about, but we've got an African like Joe, like Kwaku, Kwaku Ose, right? Like yeah. that's, this is like the equivalent of a, t- a common American name yeah. in Ghana. And <laughs> this gentleman is doing amazing things within the city of Detroit, uh, coming from a cool perspective and also doing it while educating our youth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what do we, what do we on here? Black Metro Eats? Yeah. It's bold. Where, where did that come from? Um, so Black Metro Eats, uh, was just, well, so <laughs> I really just like the acronym BME. <laughs> I grew up listening <laughs> to like the most gutter of gutter hip hop. <laughs> I'm like that. BME click. <laughs> no, but, um, Black Metro Eats was my way of, yeah, help me out. Thank you. Was my way of, oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. So it was my way of just essentially, just quick mic um, adjustment. Yeah, quick mic adjustment. Um, was my way of essentially creating a label under which all of the different events uh, that I wanted to create could live under. Okay. Um, so really my emotional connection is more so to the events that, you know, live under Black Metro Eats. But the name itself was something that I felt was very simple, unassuming, mm-hmm. you know, like it was a way for me to, I guess, validate. Um, things I think in a space like Detroit where you have so many different people, um, vying for attention and vying for an opportunity to showcase what they can offer to a city that is on the rise. Um, you get a lot of questions about validation. Like why, like why is it that you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and why is it that we should pay attention to what you're doing? Okay. And so like the name was both um harmless mm-hmm. enough but also straight to the point right. um so that people wouldn't be so confused about exactly what was happening but also wouldn't be like turned off right it's like the <laughs> is that what do you call it is that the etymology of the name or like the the reasoning the raison d'etre of the name yes the reason for its existence um because i'm i'm like a rebel at heart so i was ready to give it, a, it done the name was gonna be like crazy <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. so you said you you were more emotionally connected to the the events itself what do you mm-hmm. mean by that um so you know like you ask yourself like what's in a name right mm-hmm. and i mean there can be a lot in a name but i think it's more so important as to uh identifying how the the meat of what you're talking about affects people mm-hmm. as, as opposed to what it's being called. Like, right, right. And so like the, the events that are under black Metro eats, I'm, I'm really connected to them because of who they touch. Um, and who what they, events are there? 
So put your mama where your mouth is. Okay. As a cooking competition between moms. Okay. Uh, Trill Grill is a grilling competition between dads. Okay. Trill Grill. <laughs> um, Detroit Black Restaurant Week is Detroit Black Restaurant Week. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few other things that are coming under the moniker of right. Black Eats. Yeah. So what what is the uh, the significance of a, of a of a competition or like a, a event like put your mama where your mouth is a cooking competition with moms? It's kind of twofold in the sense that. When you think about moms and even dads, um, they're, they are probably the two people who, well, even if you split them up. So when you talk about moms, moms usually get the most love in the family, mm-hmm. right? They are the matriarch. They are, you know, people are, it's easy for people to give moms the credit, um, when it comes to like why they're successful or why they are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, a lot of, moms or just people in general own businesses from a culinary standpoint that don't exist within a brick and mortar. And so when we talk about these cooking competitions, it's not just a party or a reason for you to buy a ticket. It is you're putting money in the pockets of someone who is ambitious and who wants to really make it in the food industry, but maybe hasn't realized their dream enough to go full force right. um, in, in a certain way. Or maybe maybe they have realized their dream and catering is the route that they do want to take. But this is another avenue for them to reach a group or a population that they wouldn't have reached otherwise. Okay. So it's almost like you're giving them like a, a stimulus, like a little push. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Because, I mean, if people like your food, I mean, there are going to be – these are these are mostly millennials that are coming, right? Mm-hmm. So these are people that have the disposable income to come and come again. Right. Um, so I think – yeah, it's definitely somewhat of a stimulus. All right. So, you know, you're, you are an educator, uh, mm-hmm. with the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm, in the city of Detroit, but not for DPS. Okay. Yes. Copy that. Copy that. Yes. And so do you find that you tie education in with some of the things you're doing or mm-hmm. is this just like to the two, never shall the two meet? So, no, they absolutely – I'm trying to – so my – one thing I'm working on right now is um, school lunch reform. Um, so school lunch is trash. <laughs> Familiar. <laughs> it's I, so I actually, sad. We, had good, we had good lunches. We, we also went to a different type of school, but I, I know that some people are, are not in the same boat. No. Um, I mean, I'm at a public charter school, university prep, and, um, you know, the, the food – it. Let's just say I have more students asking me where I'm going for lunch in hopes that I can bring them something back <laughs> as opposed to students that are like, well, Mr. Osei Monsu, we've got lunch. Um, but I mean, it, so they, they do meet as far as my interest and my teaching um, okay. because I think that, well, for one, it's kind of a two-way street. So like I'm helping my students by educating them, but I also – I teach a technology course because I'm a software engineer by trade. Okay. And so it's great to be able to offer my students that um, – uh, outlet from mm-hmm. like their other coursework. Uh, but in the, at the same time, I'm in, I'm interlocking food education into the technology courses as much as I possibly can. So that's how I kind of marry the two. Right. But by teaching them and because of the age group that I teach, they kind of help me keep my ears to the streets right. as to what's going on, as to what people really want, like what people are interested in. And so I'm, I kind of see it as a two way street. Like they're helping me, like I'm helping them. Honestly, if I could, I would put, kids in high school on payroll i would say oh, hey, yeah. keep me keep me young mm-hmm. <laughs> let me know what's going on no seriously here. seriously because they they got it and they know they're not afraid to tell you like 
where they stand on things. Whereas I actually have a hard time sometimes getting adults to be very forthcoming <laughs> with how they feel or what they really desire. Mm-hmm. And so um, I appreciate it. I tell them all the time, like, I just thank you guys for being honest. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, rather than coax it out, you know, we yeah. want people to just say what you feel. Exactly. <laughs> what is on your mind? What is so, on your mind? So Black Restaurant Week is coming up. Um, mm-hmm. is this, this is the second year or third year? Second year. Second year. So yes. how what? I know that in the past there have been um, many attempts to make a black restaurant week kind of be a mm-hmm. thing as it relates to the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, here you come, you know, full force making it happen. Mm-hmm. You had a over 12, over 12, 13, 14 yeah, restaurants. Um, last year we started with 12. This year we're getting close to 20. Wow. So, yeah. 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 And I, I remember having a conversation with you um which I, 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 and I don't want to butcher it, but it, I think it was along the lines of, you know, it's not so much that it is promoting like black restaurants. It's just black owned restaurants, right? So it's not mm-hmm. so much as it's, cause there's a, there is a thing, right? Like there's like this whole like, oh, that's a black restaurant. Only black people go there. Exactly. You know, I remember that I was working with someone from the city of Detroit. I had a brief contract with the city of Detroit called a uh, pop up in a box. Okay. Where I would do, pop-ups in a box for people that were coming into the city that they wanted to like entertain it was okay. like a quick like we had a bar we had food we had music real quick mm-hmm. you know and um i remember having a conversation with someone from out of the city about um black restaurants versus white restaurants and i'm like well how can you tell the difference like you know you're not a black person <laughs> like, what, right <laughs> how, how can you talk to me about this? i mean seriously i'm like this yeah. is, it's news to me mm-hmm. so i want to know how too so i can decipher as well so um but there wasn't really like a, a legitimate answer you mm-hmm. know it was a lot of just hearsay and um and whatnot so you know i know that this is something too that you you specifically spoke to or addressed as well absolutely i think that um when you how do I say? So when you look at, I wouldn't say that there are very many black restaurants as, as you uh, apply that to the sort of cuisine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because really the, the main cuisine that you would associate with black people would be soul food, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, I think that especially when it pertains to the week, when you talk about black ownership and equity in a city that is, that is on its way back, that is somewhat like a Phoenix, Mm -hmm. it's important to make sure that there's equal representation um, because you have so many entities that are highlighting dining establishments in the city. But when you look at the gamut of the, the dining establishments that are being identified or acknowledged, you would not, you don't see a lot of diversity there. Mm -hmm. Um, And by diversity, I don't only mean, uh, black versus anyone else but people that have been here for ages or rest versus restaurants that are just popping up and have more of like a hipster edge to them or food trucks as opposed to the whitney <laughs> you know what i mean like there needs to be a lot more diversity in that sense of just all around like it's not only about like white subway tile and like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know exposed lighting right, <laughs> you know what right. i mean like it's it's more it's more than that it's so much more than that and that's the only way that we're really going to see um detroit be uh, a food space that is that is 
more wide or I guess widely accepted. Right, right. And so I'm I'm that's kind of what drove me um to do Black Restaurant Week. Um so Hey, you know, I, I appreciate the passion. We we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. It's coming up here. Um uh, very soon, August eighteenth is gonna be the uh the launch and then it goes yes. for uh a week after that, right? Yes. Uh, to the twenty sixth. Uh, till the twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Exciting. So we come back, we're gonna talk with Kwaku, Kwaku, Osei. I always say Kwaku because there's another Kwaku. It's cool. He's my it. friend. Yeah, he goes, you know, <laughs> and the thing, it throws me off, but it's, it's definitely a determining, <laughs> determining. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember meeting him, I'm like, that's not how you say it. But yeah. either way, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with the brother Kwaku Osei about things, Detroit, food, and a restaurant when we come back on Refrigerator Diaries. Sweet. All right. Welcome back, Refrigerated Diaries, hashtag, what's your RD, keeping the people engaged with the food, share your stories, videos, music, topics, let people know what's on your diary. So we are here with Cueco Ose of Black Metro Eats, talking about Black Restaurant Week, talking about why he's doing what he's doing, and giving us a reason to get up off our feet and go out and explore some of the best black-owned restaurants within the city of Detroit. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) So uh, what's in your refrigerator right now? Well, I just last night. I made a, a coconut quinoa curry broccoli and cauliflower. See, and it was so good. What? Shout out to Trader Joe's. Shout out. So, you, so you went. And, this is like so rare. I don't get to talk to people who do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you you went to the grocery store. Yes. You purchased the items. Yeah. And then you went home and you made them. And I made them. What I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My God! How long yes. did that take you? Uh, it was like a 30, 30, 45 minutes. It yeah. wasn't even that long either. Does that include no. drive time to go get the stuff? No. Okay. So no. I take a long time at the grocery store. Look around. Yeah. And Trader Joe's always has new stuff. Yeah. Pay me yeah. for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got swordfish yeah. from Trader Joe's. I was, it was vacuum sealed, but I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try it out. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, um, I appreciate the mirepoix that they offer because it makes life easy. I don't have to chop up carrots and onions and celery. So that's great. Um, Very good aromatic. If you're ever looking for one. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know. Outside of that, what do I have in my fridge? Um, I'm trying to make this like not a Trader Joe's ad. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? We're going to ask you to provide a picture and all of our listeners can uh, take a snapshot, see what's going on in there. Okay. You you never know. You know, it tells a lot about an individual by what's in there. You know, ginger, fresh ginger always. For tea or for? For tea. So I make a ginger root tea pretty regularly because my sinuses are trash. So uh, ginger root, lemon, um, honey, hot water. Fantastic. Very simple. Yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to talk about, speaking of which, as we're into teas, we're going to talk about like lifestyles and fads. Like this is okay. something that is, um, it's very near and dear to me. Uh, and you, you know, you may not know this, but working in the, in the kitchen, I will get the most ridiculous requests just because it, it is a thing. You know? Mm-hmm. you know, like just recently I saw a post that, um, a buddy of mine, just had of a avocado toast hold the toast and you know <laughs> so avocado right right yeah <laughs> what? yeah and this happens to me too like i'll get like a 
can we get a hot like we do like things so can we get like a combo bowl but can you like hold the uh the chicken i'm like well you could just get a rice bowl then you don't you yeah know, just don't make it hard on yourself don't help yourself out Poor but babies. yeah i know so <laughs> so we see this a lot so i'm just like what what is the like in your world of of being a software engineer by trade, Save being that. an educator, and also now being your proprietor for Black Metro Eats. What what is your your telltale? Like what's Quaku's tips to catch a fad versus acknowledging a lifestyle? Or simply mm. what's the difference? Uh um so I think often fads are for attention. Mm-hmm. Um and so like when someone is partaking <laughs> and a fad. It's very. It's not only obvious that they're partaking, but it's obvious as to what their intentions are mm-hmm. to get your attention. And it's not necessarily. It's not necessarily true that it's always bad to be garnering attention. But I think that when that is your sole source of, um, I guess, drive, it can be a sad story very fast. Um, whereas, like lifestyle, when someone makes something their life, um, whether or not you agree with the fact that it is like an appropriate thing to, to make as a lifestyle. I think that there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of, there's more of a strong foundation there um, that someone is driving from. And so that's what I would say is the difference. Um, I guess what, what have I experienced in that vein? Um, (laughs) So I think I never shame like the house cook, right? The person Mm -hmm. who's like, I'm not a, you know, because that's me. Like, I'm not a chef. Mm -hmm. I don't own a restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that you have to have a certain uh, appreciation Mm -hmm. for food in order to say that, like, you're a foodie. (laughs) There are so many people that are like, you know, I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. I'm like, no, you just eat a lot. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference. And it's like, (laughs) you know, there's a difference between just like, you're always, you go to Asian corned beef four times a week and you Mm -hmm. get the same corned beef and Swiss egg roll. Shout out to Asia Corn Beef. I haven't had it yet, but it's so I good, good things. But, I good things. But you know, if you go four times a week, that doesn't make you a foodie. You just like food. <laughs> a lot of it. Right, you know, I right. may be greedy. <laughs> but you know, I think it also but on the other end, being like the bourgeois about food doesn't make you any more of a food connoisseur right, right. than like your Joe Schmo. So, you know, it's just I think that being rooted in passion as opposed to attention. Is what is where I prefer to see people, and that's where I prefer to work with people from. I feel like you're a very passionate person. I love it. I put my heart on the line, you know, and it, it shows though. It's clear <laughs> the people who are doing this because it's a fad. The people who created a food truck because it was the thing to do are not here today. True, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't see those food trucks roaming still. Like <laughs> they mm-hmm. they were here for maybe a season, they died off, and now you're like, whatever happened to that one? Yeah, you they, know, they used to do that thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and campus marshes that time. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I think it's uh, it, it's so disgusting, but right, right yeah. now, and you know what? And for those of you in the uh, audience here, Quaker is one of the like top five best dressed males in the city. Say that. You know, hey, <laughs> say that <laughs> every, every time every time I, i'm like man you know I, I i think i'm doing something you know i i gotta i gotta step my game up <laughs> <laughs> not even yeah so passion is not a fat right exactly right <laughs> so <a> passion <laughs> passion versus the fat yes. so um 
with our, our last little bit of time here, um, you know, obviously you're well dressed. You probably coincide that with good manners here. And uh, something we don't talk about a lot is like kitchen manners, kitchen yeah. etiquette. You know, um, even ordering etiquette. Do you you come across that any yourself? Um, yes. So I I think even just starting at the host stand, the one thing I cannot stand to see is when. Like, I've been a host before. I used to work as a host at Town Tavern in mm. Royal Oak and at La Crepe in Royal Oak. Okay. And um, I just remember being a host and people walking in. I'm like, hi, how are you? And they're like, four. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. How are you? <laughs> how are you again? You know, like, that is, like, number one. Please stop. Like, these are humans Say that you're dealing with. I think that people saw through the lens of humanity as opposed to just, like, customer server you know like it would just things would go so much more smoothly like it just i don't i don't know but that's definitely a faux pas for me is just talking at people and not even really processing what they're saying um but then also like don't make up allergies i had a woman as a server once tell me that she was allergic to pickles Mm. and i said so are you also allergic to cucumbers and she's like no i'm like (laughs) you do know that they're the same thing she's like yeah I'm like, so lady, like, are you allergic to salt? Like, what is, what's the problem? Cause that's just brine. Like, what are we talking about right now? You know, like, don't make up allergies. If you do not have to have something gluten free, don't trip. It's a really small percentage of people that are actually, that actually must have gluten free. Like, come on, like, stop, stop with the fake allergies. I think just remain human. Like, stop trying to fall into, again, that's like fad. That's a fad. I'm gluten-free. What is gluten? Spell gluten. <laughs> Please tell me. Come again. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's just those Those are the things I would say um, mostly. But then I would say one thing to do is be a little bit more inventive. Like, there have been so many times, especially, like, as a college student where I looked in my fridge and I literally only had the ingredients for a mirepoix <laughs> and I had to get inventive. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just – be more inventive. Like, play around with ingredients that you normally wouldn't. If something looks odd or if something – maybe there's something in your seasoning cabinet that you haven't used for a while. You Try have, it out. You know, like, pull it out and see what you can make happen. It's magic. It's like, you don't have to spend $100 every time you go to the grocery store. Like, it does not have to happen. And I also – oh, last tip. I only shop the perimeter of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Only, unless I'm looking for seasonings. Because usually most grocery stores, the perimeter is like fruits, vegetables, maybe bread and meats. Mm-hmm. Everything in the middle is overprocessed, ridiculous stuff that you don't need. <laughs> if you're really trying to be healthy, shop the perimeter. Yeah. Like shop the perimeter. So <laughs> I, I was a district manager at Target for okay. two years. Mm-hmm. And the psychology of the sale, at least within their sales cycle, associated end caps, especially on the perimeters, as the the highest converting position of a purchase. Okay. So there's a fifty percent, literally a fifty percent chance that a person will buy an item off an end cap. And that is for every single one. So okay. it's like a, a, a lottery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you walk that perimeter, each one of those end caps is a fifty fifty chance. You you might get the whole store. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which, yeah. so we we would put everything on those things even okay. even if it weren't wasn't food related, but it'd be okay. something that was like a high margin item for us like Let's we drive it. Please get it. <laughs> please get okay. it. Please. So uh that being said, we're we're on our time here. I just want to take a brief 
uh, moment to give a shout out to all the black bartenders in Detroit yes, here. Shout out. Uh, I know there's many of you, but you know, Cottrell and Brent Foster, you guys are always looking out. Appreciate you. Brian Eli Salter. Yes, sir. The block. Do it. Gotta love you, man. Gotta love you. Makai and Fran over at the Bricks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Makai and Fran. I love them. We love you all. Keep doing what you do. All right. Until next time, we'll see you on Refrigerated Diaries. And real quick, when is Black Restaurant Week? One more time. August 20th to the 26th. And we're doing. The kickoff is on the 18th. Yeah. On the 18th. The let out at the Dequinder Cut. We'll see you there. So excited. All right. Yes.